Welcome back to Thinking About It. Uh, Today we are thinking about Statement Sunday, and I'm here with Dr. Dave Barker, uh, filling in for Stan, uh, whose absence we don't know how long that'll be, but Dave, we're we're glad that uh, you're kind of a regular here now. Uh, But we want to talk about Statement Sunday. It was last week as of this recording, just yesterday. Uh, churches across our country in response to Bill C-4, formerly Bill C-6, uh, the anti-conversion bill, um, makes some very interesting, controversial, threatening uh, statements and implications uh, to evangelical churches. And so it was deemed appropriate that we would just make a statement as to how we feel about that and to announce our resolve to continue doing what we do, even if that means... Um, non-compliance with the new criminal code. So, uh, Dave, I want to just talk to you about um, the benefit of being in solidarity with uh, churches of like faith, uh, how this positions uh, the evangelical church differently in the Canadian fabric, and uh, how how Christians, evangelical Christians, who believe what the scriptures say about sexuality, how do we uh, live with this um, this line in the sand where um, our culture is, is embracing a different ideology, some might even say a different religion or a different myth, if you will. And yet here we stand, um, our, our feet firmly rooted in the ancient past, uh, embracing what the preamble to the bill says is a, a dangerous myth. And so we just, um, we've been thinking about this uh, Pastors have been writing about it, and I thought we would just spend a few minutes in our podcast uh, thinking out loud about this and uh, answering maybe some of these questions. Yeah. um, I've got the statement in front of me here, and I think you read it. Did you read it yesterday? Yeah. Um, And there's a lot. It's a really good statement. I I like what's in it. Um, It identifies the the fact that we we do oppose anything that's coercive or, or that kind of thing. And, and we do need to protect the vulnerable. And so I really like that part of it. Um, but to limit the uh, ability of pastors, parents, counselors, mentors, whatever, to engage in conversation, especially with younger adults, about sexuality, um, if the bill is going to go that far, and if that's kind of where we're headed with this whole thing, then I, I think that there is a position we need to stand up and, and take. And I do think that the evangelical church in Canada needs to take it as a unified voice. Mm-hmm. I think that's a valuable. There is a lot of evangelical churches across mm-hmm. Canada that if we spoke with one voice, I think we would be heard. So I think there's value there. Yeah. I I, th- I think it's a time for us to remind ourselves of a few things. So on Sunday, just in response to the reading, our, our board chairman read the statement uh, with a little bit of a preamble, and then I preached from Daniel 2 and 3. Um, the reason I did that was because I think these Bible stories, and I know you're a big believer in stories and how they can be useful in preaching, 
but in these stories, we see ourselves, right? We identify with these characters in the Bible, and they, they are inspirational, they are instructive. And so you've got the case of Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. Abednego. Uh, and these are three young men, right? Remarkable young men who are in a different culture, learning a different language, uh, surrounded by pagan gods uh, for various reasons. Uh, they have ascended, uh, and they are in good favor with the king. They are seeking the welfare, if you will, of uh, Babylon. And uh, then in response to Daniel's interpretation of the king's vision about the statue, mm-hmm. uh, which will crumble because of the stone cut without hands. But you, O king, are the head of gold. And um, Daniel says in that passage that God has exalted you. God has singled you out. You are, the, you are unique. God has given you the, 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 the animals, the plants, humanity are entrusted to you. And I just reflected on that. And there is a, there is a sense in which God, for whatever reason, centers out nations and says, uh, my, providence, my providential hand for good and blessing is going to be upon you that it hasn't been on every nation. And I think Canada is one of those countries. Mm-hmm. Uh, maybe the Bible's got something to do with it. I think it does. But um, so we, we've been blessed. And then you've got this turning uh, where all of a sudden now you've lost it. And um, Canada has, Christians in Canada have enjoyed special status. Um, Our national anthem, the preamble to our constitution, up until 40 years ago, National Geographic would have called this a Christian country. Um, There's all kinds of Christian uh, motifs around. But that's that's changing now. A, a, A pharaoh has risen who knows not Moses, or knows not Joseph. And so Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego found themselves on the outside, right? And I think we need to see ourselves in that position. We will be on the outside. We are on the outside. More and more legislation is being drafted to marginalize Christians. We're allowed to think what we want as long as we don't do, act on our faith. And so there they were, um, a new day, faced with opposition. And you know the story. Mm -hmm. Nebuchadnezzar says, you bow or burn. And we need to think about that, you know, because we're at a place now where very soon we'll be forced into the same position. Um, You will be criminalized unless you comply with this. And these three guys, you remember remember what they said? um, Our God is able to deliver us, and he will, but if not. But if he does not. We're not going to bow down and serve your image of gold, worship your image of gold. It's a great line. But even if he does not, we are not going to bow. Yeah, and they're respectful. Oh, yeah. You know, but they're firm. And I I just think we need to uh, rekindle that spirit. Same with Martin Luther. uh, Here I stand. I I stand. I can do no other. Um, We're not used to that too much here. You know, but I do think... If we can rekindle that and have the, the graciousness and the, the backbone to stand firm and say, no, we're going to keep preaching what is a dangerous myth. 
it's interesting because the book of Daniel is written to people in exile. That's the audience, right? Written to God's people in exile. And uh, it's really interesting because there's a little Aramaic section in the book of Daniel, as you Mm -hmm. know. Daniel 2, 3, 4, 5, 6, and 7. So Daniel 2 and Daniel 7 are parallel in that they identify the four kingdoms and the fact that all four kingdoms are going to be destroyed by the work of God, right? Daniel 3 and 6 are parallel, and you got Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, and you got Daniel in the lion's den. And what the, and by the way, chapters 4 and 5 are stand at the center, and one is um, Nebuchadnezzar getting turned into an animal eating grass in the backyard, and the other being Belshazzar dying because of the handwriting on the wall, mm-hmm. saying to the exiles, you know what? These two power guys... You don't have to worry about them. I can reduce them to an animal in the backyard mm-hmm. and put some meeny, meeny, tickle, you farsen words on a wall and his knees start quaking and he dies. Mm-hmm. You don't have to worry about these guys. Mm-hmm. But I love the fact that in Daniel 3 and 6, he tells the author of Daniel, presumably Daniel, tells the story of his three buddies and himself standing up against the powers and being prepared to pay the consequences. Mm-hmm. Fiery furnace, lion's den, right? And I think in Canada, we need to realize, so you talked about the fact that, you know, up to 40 years ago, we would be considered a Christian country. Yeah, perhaps. And there's a lot of Christian stuff around. But the reality is, I don't know that we were ever truly what you would call a Christian country. And certainly now we are not. Yeah. And I think we have got to start using the language of exile a whole lot more. Yeah, I agree. Um, But you got these guys, right, who um, the tables have turned. They're no longer advantaged. And they're in the fiery furnace. And the king, Nebuchadnezzar, says, well, there's four in there. What's with this fourth, right? And I just love that. You know, I believe that that was the son of God. I know it's the son of the gods and whatnot. But in my mind, I believe that was Jesus, pre-incarnate, a theophany. And um, it just reminds me that when you take a stand and you are thrown into the fiery furnace or whatever the suffering is, there's a sense in which Jesus identifies with us. You know, Paul talked about filling up the suffering. And when I think early in our discipleship process, we need to inform people that you have signed up to be a minority, uh, to suffer, there's a quota almost. Uh, your turn will come. And just know that ahead. Are you sure you want in? And, you know, Paul, uh, Annas was, was sent to Paul to tell him what things he must suffer. This is your list. And so I think when we look at that story in light of today, it's a reminder to us that God's people have not always had it so well. What we have is an anomaly. Our turn will come. And uh, we need to be inspired by these guys. And then what happened after they came out? The king said, and I don't have the scripture in front of me, but the king was impressed with these guys. Mm-hmm. He says, you set aside the king's decree. Mm-hmm. He loved that. I mean, he, he, that was why they were in the furnace, but he, he's, I don't think he'd ever seen this kind of resolve. And it, it wasn't simply the miracle of their preservation, but it was the witness of their boldness. Just like um, Peter and John, you know, these unlearned and ignorant men, where did they get this boldness? They must have been with Jesus. And um, so on a dime, 
the whole thing turns around, and now all of a sudden the king's got Jesus. You know, he's he's religious again, and uh, they're they're reinstated in their preferred position, and that's how quickly things can change mm-hmm. when God is sovereign. It didn't last, but I think in in our country. We can imagine, even though the tide is against us, we can imagine that in response to our faithful proclamation, uh, our courageous and our, our righteous living, that, that we can experience a, a, a revival where all of this stops, all of it turns around, and um, there can be a harvest of people coming into the kingdom of God. It doesn't last forever. It's still an anomaly, but it happened on, on, on their watch. And I'm encouraged to think that if it doesn't happen, that's fine, all right? But it can happen, and God can um, suspend all that and create a season of great evangelism and harvest. And I'm hoping that that's going to come. You know, it's interesting in Daniel 6, with the uh, Daniel in the lion's den with Darius, or Darius, First of all, he's, he's upset that the decree was foisted on him in the first place. And then when he goes to the lion's den, his comment, his question is, Daniel, has your God been able to deliver you from the, lion, from mm-hmm. the mouths of the lions? And, and Daniel's response is, my God yeah. delivered me, yeah. right? And, o king, live forever. O, exactly. Yeah. The other thing is on Daniel 3, if he, just a little exegetical point, the only place where the three men speak is in their response like the question is nebuchadnezzar asks what god is there who was able to deliver you from my hand right mm-hmm. and then the three speak and of course that line about even if you don't even if he doesn't deliver us we're still not mm-hmm. going to bow and i think that's the turning point of the chapter and i think daniel is recording though their speech at that point to be the anthem mm-hmm of the people in in the Babylonian mm-hmm. exile, and mm-hmm. I think it needs to become the anthem of the church today. Amen. Amen. And so I, I don't think we need to be uh, discouraged. I think we need to say this is what we signed up for. Jesus said there'd be days like this. It's our turn. Believers all over the world have taken their turn at being on the wrong side of uh, of law. And um, but this could be the means whereby God does a great shaking and brings in a great movement that we prayed for. And this might be it. So, Dave, uh, we need to just keep our our ear to the ground um, just to hear what God is doing and to be encouraged. But um, our churches have made this statement. We're out there. We're on the record uh, declaring that we will not compromise. We're going to continue to be faithful, but filled with the Spirit in a loving way, teach the truths, the life-giving truths of Jesus Christ. Well, we're out of time. Uh, Thank you for listening to Dave and I think out loud. Hope it's been helpful for you. So until next week, I'm Bob McGregor. I'm Dave Barker. Keep thinking about it.